Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you live in the office. It's Sunday. Man, that's a it's a beautiful Sunday. Sun's up. Uh, frost is clearing off. It was a cold night in Oklahoma, but I guess we're headed back into the uh, the false spring once again. So we've got um, <clears throat> got some trees blooming. We've got some things going on. It's actually kind of funny. Uh, we do this quite often. I want to share with you a message today. Um, I, I hope it touches your heartstrings as far as where you are in your relationship with the Lord and, and in your servanthood. Uh, I'm a pretty big uh, proponent of servanthood. I teach a lot on servanthood. I have a, actually I have a class I can teach on a Sunday morning uh, from Terry Nance on God's armor bearer. Um, that is a great, great teaching for anyone who serves in a church. So pastors, if you're looking for a great teaching, I can bring that to you on a Saturday. Uh, we can set that up. It usually takes um, about 9 o'clock to 4 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. You guys do lunch. Everybody will be good, and it's a great teaching. So with that in mind, I want to share with you a message today called One Accord. One Accord. You know that the disciples drove a Honda, right? Because obviously they did. The Bible says that they were all in one accord. Get it? In one accord, you know, like a Honda Accord. It would have been a tight squeeze, I'm thinking, with 11 of them in one accord. I've been in an accord, and it's a tight squeeze for me. Jesus, he also drove an accord, but did not talk about it. As it says in John chapter 12, verse 49, for I did not speak of my own accord. So he didn't talk about his car. He just talked about the disciples. Moses and Joshua both rode a motorcycle. Did you know that? Yeah, the Bible says that the roar of Moses' triumph, that's an old motorcycle, obviously, old Moses was old, as, as he as was heard in the hills, and Joshua's triumph was heard throughout the land. So apparently they were loud, noisy, most motorcycles are. Of course, we all know that God drove a Plymouth back then, right? God drove Adam and Eve out of the garden in his fury. That's a Plymouth fury. Okay, okay. I'll get back to my message here. I just thought I'd have a little fun. Open you up a little bit. Sunday morning, get a little smile going. Yes, those are dad jokes. Those are corny jokes. That's what my daughter would call them. The phrase one accord is mentioned over 20 times in the Bible, in both the Old and the New Testaments. Being in one accord means having a common purpose and setting aside personal views for a greater goal. The Bible showcases the beauty and strength of unity through examples of Jesus' followers in the day of Pentecost and Mary and Jesus' brothers gathering in prayer often. As Christians, we are encouraged to be in one accord, serving and glorifying God as part of his family, his body. Being in one accord brings joy to God and it eliminates division, creating a powerful and a unified force. Being in one accord refers to a state of spiritual unity and alignment with the will of the Lord. It's a collective mindset where individuals set aside personal agendas and preferences, coming together in harmony for a common purpose. This concept is rooted in the Bible, specifically in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the disciples were together in one place and one accord before the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together with one accord, it's King James Version, in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them, and then they rested on each one of them as each person received the Holy Spirit. 
And they were all filled, that is, diffused throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, different languages, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. When believers are in one accord, they create an atmosphere conductive and conducive for the Holy Spirit's movement during church gatherings. They, they become open vessels, allowing God to work through them and manifest his power. When, when we are in one mind, when we are in one accord, and when we come together, gathering together, whether it's a church service, whether it's a group of believers for a prayer time, no matter what the gathering may be, when we come together with one mindset in one accord, we create an atmosphere that allows the Holy Spirit the freedom to move how he chooses. We're all thinking the same thing. Lord, we need you. We want you. We're hungry for you. We need an outpouring of your spirit. This is how we should be later on today as we gather in our services to worship the Lord corporately together, that we come in one accord seeking the Holy Spirit, which allows him the freedom to move in his power. The spiritual unity brings a powerful sense of oneness, and it amplifies the impact of worship. It amplifies the impact of prayer and even the teaching of the word. Being in one accord has a confounding effect on the enemy. When the body of Christ unites its purpose and it aligns with God's will, it becomes a force to be reckoned with. The enemy is disrupted and unable to sow discord or to hinder the progress of God's kingdom when we're all in unity, when we're all working for the same goal. Being in one accord is more than just unity. It is a deep spiritual alignment with God's will, God's desire, God's choice for us. It requires selflessness. It requires humility. It requires surrender to the leading of the Holy Spirit. When believers come together in one accord, they experience God's presence and his power, and it confounds the enemy's plans. So what does it really mean to be in one accord? The concept of being in one accord is expressed frequently in the Bible, there's 10 instances in the book of Acts. For example, Acts chapter 1, verse 14, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary and with the and with mother of Jesus and with his brothers. So they, as a body, as a family surrounding Jesus, they were devoting themselves to prayer all in one accord. To be in one accord communicates being in one heart and in one mind. In other words, our heart and our minds are all aligned together, seeking the same fulfillment and same purpose. More specifically, the words of the original language convey the inner unity, oneness of heart and mind, of a group of people engaged in a similar action. We have a oneness. We, we become one together. As such, the expression is sometimes re, uh, rendered with one mind, as in Romans chapter 15, verse 6. It says, so that you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. In other words, we're all in unity. We're all in one accord. When a group of people act single-mindedly, unanimously, in harmony, in unity, and without dissent, they are operating in one accord and in one mind. In the Bible, the phrase often occurs along with statements about the people, the place, or the activity in which the harmonious group is participating. Acts chapter 15, verse 22 through 25 says this, Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them, from, uh, send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Barsabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers. With the following letter, the brothers, both the brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia, greetings. 
since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds, although we give them no instructions, it is seemed good to us, having come to one accord, to choose men and send them to you, our beloved Barnabas and Paul. In the Old Testament, the phrase in one accord is always used to describe unanimous participation in a particular action. In Joshua 9, 2, the pagan kings gathered themselves together to fight with one accord against Joshua and Israel. So they, they formed a union. They, they came together with one purpose and one mindset to defeat Joshua and Israel, which wasn't going to happen. Speaking of the conversion of heathens and heathen nations, Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9 says, For at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord with one mindset, with one goal in mind. Here the phrase translated with one accord literally means with one's shoulder. It literally comes from the practice of yoking oxen together for plowing. The NIV translates the idea with a similar English expression, shoulder to shoulder. In other words, we're working together in unison. We have one mind, one, one goal in mind, and together we get there quicker and we get there better. In the New Testament, one accord is used to emphasize the internal unity of an entire community. Acts chapter 12, verse 20, the community is the people of Tyre and Sidon who are angry with Herod. In Acts 8, 6, it describes the crowd of people who were listening to Philip's teachings. And it says, and the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. It illustrates how the community of Christian believers worshiped, uh, prayed, and fellowshiped together. Acts 1.14, all these with one mind and one purpose, one accord, were continually devoting themselves to prayer, waiting together along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Acts 2 verse 46, day after day they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind, one accord, and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts. Acts 4.24, and when they had heard it, they raised their voices together in one accord to God and said, O sovereign Lord, having complete power and authority, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. This is all in unison. This is all coming together of one mind. Acts 5.12, at the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders attesting miracles were continually taking place among the people. And by common consent, one accord, one mind, they all met together at the temple in the covered porch called Solomon's portico. And again, Romans fifteen six, so that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify and praise and honor the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Unity in the early church is also expressed by the sharing of material possessions. In Acts 4, 32, now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but that they had everything in common, and where they shared stuff. They, 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 they made sure the whole community was in good shape. They made sure that the whole body had what they needed, and they shared if they had extra. The early church being in one accord had no schisms. This is a cool word. It had no splits or divisions is what that means. No divided interest, no discordant purpose. Now, this came from the notes of uh, uh, on notes on the Bible by Albert Barnes of 1834. So he he's literally saying that the church had no no splits, no divisions, no divided thoughts or mindsets, no discordant purposes. 
This kind of oneness of heart and soul in the body of Christ is only possible through the Holy Spirit's enabling. Because I've seen tons of, of things go awry within a body of Christ, splits and divisions and different mindsets. And everybody's got their own idea how it should go. And that's that's the wrong approach. I'll tell you that straight up. It, it, we have got to align with the vision and the and the the mindset, uh, I actually <laughs> I was unable to attend um, Peterson Outdoor Ministries yesterday. We had a, a, a volunteer summit, which is just kind of a gathering together of all those that are working with us. Uh, we about seventy people there yesterday, and I was not able to attend because of the week we just had and the things going on around us. And um, so I sent my thoughts. I was going to close the the meeting with some thoughts on our focused mission. We have a uh, we 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 literally talk about mission focused being you know what is our mission mindset for Peter Schneider Ministries and we have a mission which is to work with wounded and and uh, disabled veterans uh, and and as even when their families as well as uh, terminal illness and and um, physical challenges among youth and adults throughout the country. We have opportunity to minister to them in outdoor therapy events that we put on with Peterson Outdoor Ministries. And in my closing thoughts of focused mission was the theme for yesterday, was to get our minds wrapped back around the fact that we have one mindset, we have one mission, and, and that mission is to succeed the vision of the of the creator of the vision, which is the, the CEO of Peterson Outdoor Ministries, and to fulfill that vision, to work, do everything in our power together, to come together in unity with one mind, on one accord, in one accord, in one mindset, to fulfill the mission focus of that ministry. And it should be that way with your church, should be that way with everything that you're involved in. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6 says, So I, the prisoner of the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness, and gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, bearing with one another, and unselfish love. Make every effort to keep oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. There is one body of believers and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father to us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. That's a refrigerator prayer, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. You need to jot that one down. You need to read that one from time to time, especially when you begin to get disgruntled, especially when you begin to think that maybe you're not going the right direction, especially when you think maybe you got a better idea. Come back to that place, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, and let that sink into your spirit. Now, listen, if you can't align with the vision that's being cast in front of you with, with your church, your ministry, whatever it is, then maybe you need to either consider changing your mindset, coming into alignment with that ministry, and it takes it takes God to do such, or possibly maybe God's got another path for you to walk. But, but don't divide something. Don't throw rocks at people and don't make a mess of something just because you don't necessarily align with that vision or purpose. Move off. Move away. Uh, it, it, that's a whole other message. It is a gift of God's grace to come into alignment with others, to be of one accord, to be of one mind. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 313 says, For the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you not to think more highly of himself and his importance and ability than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has apportioned to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. We each have a calling. We each have a gifting. We each have something that God has instilled in us and planted with us that can benefit the whole body. But we've got to work in unison. We've got to work with one accord, with one mindset. We've got to bring our gifts into alignment with the vision that's being cast and and, and allow God to use us, allow God to use us, allow God to use us. Sound like a broken record? We don't use ourselves. We don't put ourselves in a place. We allow God to use us accordingly. Goes on and says, verse 6, Since we have gifts that offer or differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith possessed. If service in the act of serving, or he who teaches in the act of teaching, or he who encourages in the act of encouragement, or he who gives with generosity, he who leads, lead with diligence, he who shows mercy in caring for others, show mercy with cheerfulness. Love is to be sincere and active, the real thing, without guile or hypocrisy. Hate what is evil, detest all ungodliness, do not tolerate wickedness, hold on tightly to what is good. Be devoted to one another with authentic brotherly affection as members of one family. Give preference to one another in honor, never lagging behind in diligence, aglow in the spirit, enthusiastically serving the Lord, constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ, steadfast and patient in distress, devoted to prayer, continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength, contributing to the needs of the people, and pursuing the practice of hospitality. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 3 through 13. That's another great passage of scripture to to think about, to to write down, print it out, and, and tape it to the front of your fridge so you see this from time to time. The Greek term translated in one accord, according to Enhanced Strong's lexicon, says this. It helps us understand the uniqueness of the Christian community. The image is almost musical, A number of notes are sounded which, while different, harmonize in pitch and tone as the instruments of a great concert under the direction of a concert master. So the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of members of Christ's church. What a a cool thought of what it means to be in one accord, of one mind, helping us understand this uniqueness of the community of Christians, this image almost musical. Think about that for a minute. Just like writing a song, a number of notes are sounded, which, while different, each one of us have a, have a different tune, harmonize in pitch and tone as the instruments of a great concert under the direction of a concert master, being God. So the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of members of Christ's church. Whew. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, there's one of my favorite words, Because of this, remember what that means, therefore, because of this, if there is any encouragement and comfort in Christ, as there certainly is in abundance, if there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship that we share in the Spirit, if there is any great depth of affection and compassion, 
to make my joy complete by being of the mind or same mind in one accord, having the same love toward one another, knit together in spirit, intent on one purpose, and living a life that reflects your faith and spreads the gospel, the good news regarding salvation through faith in Christ. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit through factional motives or strife, but with an attitude of humility, being neither arrogant nor self-righteous, regard others as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Have this same attitude in yourselves, which is in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example of selfless humility. Listen, that's hard to do in today's day and time because that's not what today's day and time teaches us. Today's day and time teaches look out for yourself. Be number one. You're, you're number one, right? So look for, out for you. All of this teaching that's going on around us that is so marred and so distorted away from the scriptures. But look back to the scriptures. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5 is where that passage is found. So if being in one accord represents a unified body or an effort on our part. Think about this with me. Can you imagine what could come from a body of believers to come into one accord? Uh, who come into unity of worship, unity of word, unity of understanding, and unity of prayer and of outreach. If we, the body, corporately come into one accord with our heart's cry, calling out to God for his manifest presence. If, the, if, if we, the body of Christ, come into one accord, seeking the Holy Spirit's control of our hearts, our minds, and of our service. If we, the body of Christ, come into one accord, desperately seeking an outpouring of God's holy fire over us. If we, the body of Christ, in one accord, will find ourselves in the very manifest presence of God. Lord, that we come to an understanding of what it truly means to be in one accord, of one mindset, not only with each other, but that we humbly come into one accord, one mindset with you. Think about that. If we could accomplish these things, if we can humble ourselves, if we come together with this mindset of being in one accord, lifting one another up, holding each other, sharing with each other, let the gifting flow as freely as God chooses, what would that do in the body of Christ around this world? What an incredible fire that would be torched up, that would be fanned into an inferno if we follow the instructions given to be in one accord, to be of one mindset. Listen, it ain't about us. It's about Jesus. This whole thing isn't about us. It's about him. This whole process that we're going through in life has absolutely nothing to do with us. It's all about him. You need to get hold of that. You need to grasp that. You need to plant that deep inside of you. When you get your woe is me moments going on, and listen, I got plenty of them, but when, you, when you're thinking more of yourself than anybody else, Remember, it ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's about him. And he's the only one that really matters. And if we get that correct, if, if we can change our atmosphere about us and we can put God first in everything that we do, it will, in fact, change everything around us. It'll change our environment. It'll change our atmosphere. It'll change our worship. It'll change our giving. It'll change our, our coming together. It'll change everything about what we do in service to the King of Kings. We've got to put him first, and we've got to quit being this selfish-natured person that our society says is okay today. Materialism, 
this 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 idea that uh, we're, we're taught so many different things today uh, that, that, that we're owed something. We're not owed anything. No one owes you a dime. No one owes you anything. Not in this worldly manner. Everything is about Jesus Christ. Live your life in such a way that it expresses Christ through you. And watch what happens around you. If we get a hold of this one accord thing, it will change the church as we know it today. And I pray it changes yours this morning. I'm, I'm praying over our service this morning. You know, we, our pastor's off in, in Malawi, Africa, and his wife will be preaching this morning. I'm praying over her. been praying over her since yesterday, actually through the week, that, that God pours into her fresh oil, fresh fire. Because it's not about us. It's all about him. It doesn't matter who's standing in the pulpit today. As long as they allow God's spirit to manifest itself and pour out in one accord, in one mindset with the body, can you imagine the things that can happen? Lord, have mercy on us. Father, I pray today that you teach us to be in one accord and in one mind. God, that we come seeking you above all else. Father, we understand that it ain't about us anymore. It's never been about us. It's always been about you. Help our mindset to shift, that we come into alignment with your will and your desires for your body today to seek out that which is lost so that they may be found. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, thank you for the fire falling in this house today. May it fall all over this nation today. Every church in our community, every, every pastor that takes the pulpit today, Father, let your fire fall on them in such a way that it consumes the body and brings them into alignment in one accord with you. Amen. Whew. Wow. All right. God bless you guys. Ron and I love you. We thank you so much for your prayer, your support. Thank you for following our podcast, our, our services. Uh, please continue to pray over us, pray with us as we continue on this journey uh, that God has put us on. And there's more to come. Uh, this is going to be an exciting year. It's already been an exciting year. We've already seen the outpouring of God's presence around us in a continual fashion. We're praying for more. I pray that you join us in that journey. If you want to support us financially, all of our giving links are on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. Pinned right at the top of our Facebook page. Use the Zephy link. It, it's, the, it's a free link to you. It also is a free link to us. We have a PayPal giving link. Uh, we can Venmo, Cash App. You can send a check. Whatever you want to do. If you want to support us financially, we can figure out a way to make that happen. Pray for us, please. Pray with us as we continue to pursue the very heart of God. Amen. God bless you guys. I pray you have an incredible Sunday that God pours out into you. And, and you, you come out of your service today a different person than in which you went in. May God change us all in this time that we are in. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.